You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do. Hi, this is Paul Lazarus. In the 1980s, I produced and hosted a radio series called Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater. Now the Broadway Podcast Network is bringing back these shows. Today, part one of a three-part look at the career of Broadway composer-lyricist Maury Yeston. Yeston is perhaps best known for his remarkable score for Nine, the musical version of Fellini's famous movie, Eight and a Half. This program was originally broadcast in 1982. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was a looked on as something shocking, but now God knows anything goes. Good offers too, who once knew better words, now only use for letter words, writing prose, anything Good afternoon, and welcome to Anything Goes. My guest today is Maury Yeston, Tony Award-winning composer-lyricist of the musical Nine, inspired by Fellini's classic film, Eight and a Half. Maury Yeston, born and raised in Jersey City, New Jersey, is many things. First and foremost, he's a songwriter, both for the theater and the pop world. He has also composed orchestral works, most notably his movement for cellos, uh, which was performed by Yo-Yo Ma in the Norwalk Symphony in 1977. Maury is also an author and teacher, currently the director of undergraduate studies at Yale University and one of the four teachers at the BMI Musical Theater Workshop. This is your host, Paul Lazarus. Join me as we listen to the words and music of Maury Yeston. What were you like when you were nine years old? Oh, God, what was I like when I was nine years old? Very much like uh, Guido Contini at the age of nine, surrounded by a very warm and emotional support system. Uh, deeply 
frustrated by a rather difficult and harsh parochial school environment, but in love with the music and the window to the world of art that it provided through its through the music that I would hear and sing there. Uh, I was a Cub Scout, very involved in those sorts of things. I was a junior astronomer. I had a little planetarium thing that I used to shine shine lights uh, on the sky, uh, on the ceiling of a room and give lectures uh, to uh, anybody who would care to listen about uh, the Big Dipper. Uh, and. Uh, uh, I played the piano about uh, four or five hours a day, and I was writing music uh, very intently. And uh, Do you remember early compositions, early songs? Sure. Uh, I won an award, I think, when I was six or seven for an original melody at the local community center. And uh, the joke is the next award I won was the Tony, uh, 30 years later. It was just something that I did. And going through some old papers that my mother had found the other day, I also came across little notes that I would write to her if she had been out and she and the, uh, she had a phone call I would write the note that somebody called her in doggerel I'd forgotten that always rhyming always doing that always playing around with words hmm. that way I just was in that direction it's what I it's what I liked to do um, it was fun when did you fall in love with musical theater? Do you remember your first show? I remember it, sure. Sure. I was 10 years old, and they took me to see My Fair Lady. Uh-huh. And that was it. That's not a bad one to That's start it, out with. That's the Mark Hellinger. Boom. Uh-huh. What's uh-huh. this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that would do it. That show would certainly do it. That, and the first opera I saw was uh, Tannhäuser. What's that? <laughs> Tanya Elg and the original company performing the title song of Nine, song written by my guest today on Anything Goes, composer-lyricist Maury Yeston. When and how did you, you first meet Tommy Toon, Nine's director? Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful story. Uh, Mario Frati, uh, who had uh, adapted uh, the Italian film uh, 
for uh, the uh, American stage, uh, is a member of the Outer Critics Circle. And uh, there was a dinner at which uh, I believe Tommy Toon uh, was a guest, and they were seated together. And uh, Mario, uh, they were talking, I guess, about uh, musicals generally, and Mario turned to Tommy and said, you know, I've, I'm involved in the creation of a, a musical uh, based on uh, Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half. We call it Nine. And uh, Toon uh, fell out, he thought this was hysterically funny, and uh, Mario said, no, really, it's true, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, we also live in the same building. Why don't I take the elevator uh, to your floor and, uh, and slip a tape of the music uh, through your mailbox? And Tommy said, yes, I'm dying to hear it. Toon heard it and wrote uh, immediately to Frotti and said, this sounds wonderful to me, I'm very interested in it, I'd like to meet the composer, and uh, we, we got to work from there. Did this uh, lead to your writing the incidental music for Cloud Nine? Absolutely. Well, we all became good friends. We worked together very well. And uh, when Michael Stewart, who is uh, a friend and associate of, of uh, tunes uh, of long standing, decided that he wanted to produce a Carol Churchill's play, uh, Cloud Nine, uh, he and, uh, and Tune asked various of their friends, who are not actors and actresses, to come and do the reading for Lucille Lortel. And there were spaces uh, in which uh, the playwright indicated uh, there ought to be songs uh, and incidental music. And uh, the producer uh, and the director, Tommy, uh, asked me if uh, I'd think about writing incidental music for it. And I said, of course, I'd be delighted. I love the play. You tell me a funny story about playing the uh, title song for yes. the playwright. This is uh, what every writer will go through. And uh, it's about how to be flexible. Uh, what, I, what they had asked me to do was think if I could write some uh, song at the end of the play that would bring it around to a kind of emotional conclusion that would involve music. And I sat down and I wrote a song uh, about it, how difficult it is to live in the modern world. In fact, the opening line of the song was, it's, a, it's another day in the modern world. Uh, I called up uh, Tommy uh, Toon and Michael Stewart. Um, about a week later and said, well, I, I think I have something that may be useful. I'd like you to hear it. And uh, we met in New York, and I played the song. And when I turned around, they were both literally in tears. And uh, I was in tears. It's a very moving song, tears. And uh, three weeks from that time, Carol Churchill was scheduled to arrive from England. And it was, a, it was a big moment for us, you know, we're going to play the song for Carol, and, uh, and uh, we rented uh, the uh, Del Terzo Studios in Carnegie Hall, which had a piano, so that uh, we could invite Carol up there and I could play her the song. Uh, Carol came, uh, we all sat down, I played her the song. When I got finished, Carol turned to us and said, I hate it. <laughs> and, I said, well, you know, of course, uh, the music is there only to serve you. And she said, well, not the lyric, just the music. And uh, I said, well, I think what I ought to do is perhaps just write another song that will please all of you. That's my function here, to uh, serve the piece. And uh, I did. And that's uh, the one that we now use in the show in, in various versions. It's another day in the modern world there's a boy who's never seen you And he passes by But you catch his eye And a spark ignites between you 
If you meet him in the morning And it lasts till evening Oh, my friend, you've made a lucky find Never mind tomorrow versions of the same song used what was the reasoning behind that well here's the re this was the assignment or I should say the requirement for cloud nine uh, there had to be uh, first of all the beginning of the second act there's a little girl in a, in a pink dress forget the fact that she's played by a grown man in a, in a park in modern London listening to the radio and uh, so rather than use some uh, pre-existent song I wrote uh, a song that sounds like your typical pop tune played on the radio called Cloud Nine. Uh, it's exciting rhythmically, and so we decided to use that to end this, the second act as well, uh, the, the bow music, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But there's a very emotional moment at the end of the play when, uh, when uh, the modern Betty meets uh, Betty from the past, and I used a slowed-down gospel version of the song. Uh, recorded, uh, I, I produced it and uh, recorded it with a wonderful band called Time Vacuum, which includes, among other people, two brothers of Richie Havens.
time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Incidental music is, uh, Lehman Engel used to call it accidental music. Uh, <laughs> Incidental music has its own particular function. Um, it's, uh, uh, it must uh, be self-contained. Um, it's, in a way, meant to be heard with only one ear because you've got to pay attention to what else is going on while the, while the music is going on. It's a form of underscoring. That's one of its functions. Another it's, of its functions is to function as a transition or a diversion in the drama rather than uh, the main event. So you, you have to take a, a back seat when you're writing incidental music. And it came as no surprise to me, for example, that uh, when Cloud Nine was reviewed, no one mentioned the music at all. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, overlooked, on, isn't it? Well, a it lot should, in, in a way, I, I guess it, it should be. If you've done your job well, it should, it should become part of the wallpaper, so to speak, and part of the scenery and part of the lights and part of the, part of the general production. It should not turn what ordinarily is a straight play uh, into a musical. Mm-hmm. It mustn't do that. The uh, particular cue that we're going to play is, is African music. Uh, how did how was that used in the show? Well, the first act takes place in Africa a hundred years ago, and uh, one's required uh, to create a mood, scenery. Music creates the scenery uh, in this case of uh, of uh, Africa, and I had had a great deal of experience in studying African music and uh, the history of American black music. And I thought uh, a single alto flute, in this case it's played by Anne Sheedy, uh, would, uh, could do it if I, if I got the right sort of circular motif in the music. And when we went in to record it, we, Anne simply played the, uh, played the musical motive on the alto flute, and I came in and played a bell tree and a kibasa, which is not a Polish sausage, it's a, oh, okay. it's a rhythmic <laughs> instrument, and, uh, and the result sounds like Africa. to get nine on Broadway? I started writing the piece uh, in 1973. That's when I got the idea for it. 
And uh, I uh, was uh, uh, an unknown uh, writer living off by myself, working in a little room. I didn't have uh, book collaborators. I didn't have a director. I didn't have producers. Nobody knew about me. And uh, in order to uh, create the piece, I had to create uh, theater songs that could carry the character, the scenery, the story. In many ways, I had to work as one might work in radio. It all had to work on the level of what you hear rather than what you see. And I knew I'd have to do that to convince people that they ought to try to put this, put this uh, uh, show on. And it took a long time to break through. Uh, new writers uh, aren't uh, ordinarily given a, a $2.5 million production and uh, 22 actresses uh, uh, and said, well, here's, here it is on a silver platter. You have to pay a lot of dues and work very hard. And it simply took that long for the timing to be right for me to be given an opportunity to show my work to the world. You said in, in an interview that I read that uh, even with all the changes over the, the nine-year period that the show for you retains the, the spark of inspiration which you started with. Yes, absolutely. If you, if you had to describe that spark, could you? I mean, what, what is that spark? Uh, or maybe It's the about the same thing that it was about when I started writing it. Nine is very much about growing up. Um, if, if you need to say, what is it about in two words? Um, sure. I, I think it's about growing up. It, the character is the same character that I created in my mind and in song and, uh, when I wrote Guido's song. It's, it's, it's the same song. Uh, uh, the Germans at the Spa was written in 1973. It's the, same, it's the same song. In other words, despite the fact that I've added so much, I've changed so much, we've had such a wonderful collaboration in our creative team, uh, just about everything that was the central core, musically and lyrically and thematically, and what I had conceived in 1973 still remains the same, despite the fact that we made a radical ca casting shift when we decided to do it at, at uh, Tommy Toon's suggestion with uh, 22 women and one man and, 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 and four boys. And that was a practical suggestion that grew out of our experience during casting. Uh, uh -huh. What was the original format? The original format was uh, men and women. Uh, oh. And uh, the original producer was a German by the name of Herr Weisnicht, the original movie producer. Uh -huh. um, and uh, it's utterly fascinating that during, during casting we saw extraordinary woman after extraordinary woman, uh, each one of which was right in one way or another for the show that we all plan to uh, go into rehearsal with. But each time a man came to audition for us, either he didn't look right, or he didn't sound right, or something about it, uh, something about him just wasn't right. And it began to be very, very frustrating. And at a certain point, uh, I think it was Toon who rather brilliantly suggested, having understood, uh, uh, that uh, if we had all women and one man, that that would not only raise the stakes for the central character, Guido, but it would make him instantly rather important on stage as the only man and give him some credibility as the great director he's supposed to be. And I must say to his credit that, uh, that his idea initially uh, met resistance uh, from Arthur Copet, the book writer, and met resistance from me. Uh, it was kindly resistance. I, I had a problem. I had conceived a score for mixed chorus, men and women. Mm. And uh, what would I do? And uh, in 
at his inspirational best, Toon said, well, this gives you an opportunity to find all kinds of new and varied sounds for a female chorus. And uh, I said, right. I had about <laughs> eight wine spritzers first. And I said, right, let's go. I would like to be here. I would like to be there. I would like to be everywhere at once. I know that's a contradiction in terms and it's a problem. Especially when my body's clearing 40 as my mind is nearing 10. I can hardly stay up and I can't get to sleep. And I don't want to wake tomorrow morning at the bottom of some heap. But why take it so seriously? After all, there's nothing at stake here, only me. I want to be young, and I want to be old. I would like to be wise before my time, and yet be foolish and rash and bold. I would like the universe to get down on its knees and say, Guido, whatever you please, it's okay, and if it's impossible, we'll arrange it. That's all that I want. Lusting for more, should I settle for less? I ask you, what's a good thing for if not for taking it to excess? One limitation, I dearly regret, there's only one of me I've ever met. I would like to have another me to travel along with myself. I would even like to be able to sing a duet with myself. I would like to be here, sing along with myself in a song, to be there, walking down the lane now, everywhere, 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 that's a contradiction in terms. I want to be here with counter hair, melody in the hair, top of the morning to you, Guida, 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 me, 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 I want to be Bruce! It is sad. I would like to be Christ, Mohammed, Buddha, but not have to believe in God, and you know I mean it with all of my heart. It's the end if something important doesn't start. I want to be young, but I have to be old. What I want is a tale of sound and fury that some idiot went and told. I would like the universe to get down on its knees and say, Guido, whatever you please, it's okay, and if it's ridiculous, we'll arrange. first song you wrote for the score? Guido's song. How, how did that fit <clears throat> into the idea of growing up to you? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, I didn't really understand or hone down the piece to uh, the, the idea that that's what it was centrally about until 1978 during the O'Neill workshop when I, I wrote that song while we were in rehearsal for the workshop. I should say the last song called, called Getting Tall. 
I knew that the central character had an infantile aspect about him that was uh, at once uh, uh, horrifying and yet endearing. Uh, and uh, I knew that his situation mirrored the situation of so many of us, that we'd like to have, we'd all like to have options that may nevertheless be mutually exclusive. I want to be here, I want to be there, I want to be young, I want to be old. I'm, how many people have I known who go on diets, for example, who lose too much weight and then worry, am I too thin, am I too fat? What? And that you want to have it every single way. And Guido is sort of an all-consuming personality who wants everything, like any child. Uh, and uh, had ample evidence to uh, observe uh, uh, child's mentality at uh, close hand. Uh, I have a, a young son who is now eight and a half. He'll be nine, he'll be nine the <laughs> age in December. And uh, I watch him. He wants everything, too. Uh, but you can't have everything. And that's, where, that's sort of the end of our show. Right. Uh, uh, when the little boy, Guido's earlier nine-year-old self, explains it to him in a song called getting tall and who else would know more about the difficulties of growing up and having to make certain compromises than a kid who has to do all the hard work of growing up Johan singing Getting Tall from Nine. Music and lyrics by Murray Yeston. <laughs> you 
You've been listening to part one of a three-part look at the career of talented composer-lyricist Maury Eston. Associate producer Jeff London. Anything Goes Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit anythinggoespl.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.